eternal, righteous, and invisible Father in heaven. We give glory to your name, O Lord, because you are merciful, you are loving, you are kind and good to us. The tokens of your love we see in that we are alive. We know we do not deserve to live. And we also see it in the temporal blessings and the spiritual blessings you give to us. Thank you for the ministry of the holy angels on our behalf and the Holy Spirit and our Lord Jesus Christ and all that you are doing for us. Dear Lord, I know you want us to have a knowledge of you. In faith, Lord, I pray, grant us understanding of your word as we study now. Put your words in my mouth and grant me utterance that I may speak blessings to your children. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. That I may know him, February 12. Sharing heaven's treasures. Freely you have received, freely give. Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. The blessed Redeemer has set us an example in living out the precepts of the law. He says to his followers, Freely you have received, freely give. We are to have an open heart to receive the rich treasures of heaven, and our hearts are to be opened to let those rich treasures out to others. Oh, we need to abide in Christ. Then we will be a constant channel through which God will communicate to our brethren and to the world His own gracious Spirit. When we have an assurance which is bright and clear of our own salvation, we shall exhibit cheerfulness and joyfulness which becomes every follower of Jesus Christ. The softening, subduing influence of the love of God brought into practical life will make impressions upon minds that will be a savour of life unto life. But a harsh, denunciatory spirit, if manifested, will turn many souls away from the truth into the ranks of the enemy. Solemn thought, to deal patiently with the tempted, requires us to battle with self. But God has given Jesus to us, and believing on him as our personal saviour, all heaven is at our command. The purchased possession of Christ is around us on every hand. There is want, there is wretchedness and sin on every side. Freely you have received, freely give. O oh, hearts are bruised and dead, and homes are bare and cold, and lambs for whom the shepherd bled are strain from the fold. The captives release, to God the lost to bring, to teach the way of life and peace, it is a Christ-like thing. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Sharing Heaven's Treasures. What is Heaven's Treasure? The treasure of heaven is Jesus Christ. And if there is any treasure above any treasure, the greatest of all treasures that anyone has received freely and they are to give freely, it is Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself set us an example. He gave himself to us free of charge. Therefore, we are to give Jesus to the world free of charge. That I may know him, page 49, paragraph 2 tells us, 
the blessed Redeemer has set us an example in living out the precepts of his law. He says to his followers, Freely you have received, freely give. We are to have an open heart to receive the rich treasures of heaven and our hearts are to be opened to let those rich treasures out to others. End of quote. Remember the devotion if you listened to it two days ago, February 10, that talked about the compassionate Redeemer. We talked about how our hearts are to be open because God cannot heal us of our sin sickness unless the heart is open to receive. And when we have received the truth, that's what we are to receive by the way, when we have received the truth and remember that Jesus is the truth, when we have received the truth, remember that the truth will set you free. When we have received the truth, it will not only set you free, but it will actuate you to want to also give the truth to others. It is part of the truth that we receive that we are to be co-laborers with God. And this truth will convert our souls and then we will become instruments in the hand of God to help others. John 3.16 tells us of God's magnanimity, how, how benevolent he is. God so loved the world that he gave. That's what he did. What did he give? His only begotten son, the most precious treasure, the most precious gift. In fact, all heaven was given to us in Jesus Christ in one gift, in Jesus. All heaven was given to us so that we would have eternal life and not perish. Romans 8.32 tells us, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? This is the example that has been set before us. God gave all to us. He did not withhold anything. We did not ask, but he gave. And we have received from him grace and truth and love. We are to follow in his steps. The comment that is made, freely you have received, freely give. There are many things to give, yes. But there was one context in which Jesus made that statement. Matthew 10 verse 5 to 8. This was after the ordination of the twelve. If you read Matthew 10 verse 1 to 4, it talks about how Jesus finally called the twelve. And after that, it says in verse 5, these twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, It says, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, the first work that you have to do freely is what? Preach. Preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The second work, Heal the sick, Cleanse the lepers, Raise the dead, Cast out devils, Freely you have received, freely give. Amen. So what was the immediate context of the statement, freely you have received, freely give? What was it that the disciples freely received that they were to freely give? The first thing is the truth of the gospel, that they were to, be, they were to preach. Because Jesus told them in verse 9, And when you go preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand, repent ye. This is what we are to give freely to the world. 
telling them that there is a good news, that there is a remedy for sin, and that remedy is the treasure that we are sharing with them, which is Jesus Christ our Lord. The next thing they are to do is to show mercy and compassion. We are to tell the world of the forgiveness of sins that the Lord has afforded us. We are to also meet their temporal needs. There are those who are sick that we are to assist. We have seen that in yesterday's devotion and the devotion two days ago. But the context of today's devotion is telling us the heart with which we are to do this work. We are to do it with a mindset that you are willing to help that as Jesus has given to us freely, we are to give to the world freely. Remember Ministry of Healing, page 105, paragraph 1. By all that has given us advantage over another be it education and refinement, nobility of character, Christian training, religious experience, we are in debt to those less favored. And so far as lies in our power, we are to minister unto them. If we are strong, we are to stay up the hands of the weak." End of quote. So what are the advantages we may have over another? Like we just saw now, some of us are well educated more than others. And most of all, a Christian training. Do you know that that's an advantage? Not everyone has a Christian training. Not everyone has a religious experience. These things are advantages. There's the nobility of character. Those are the things that were listed here. All these advantages that came to you on a platter of gold. You were brought up in a family that your parents brought you up to know the word of God. It may not have been your family, maybe in your church or not your church, someone may have come to you and given you the gospel. You have been a recipient of this precious treasure of the gospel. You may have knowledge on how to keep yourself in health. And it came to you freely. The Lord met you and singled you out, out of so many others. It's not by your power. It's not by your might. I could say about myself that I wonder how it is that the Lord did it because it's not by myself, not, that, not, not necessarily with respect to holiness of life alone, not necessarily with respect to holiness of life, but with knowledge. It is not by any intelligence that anyone has or that I have or any wisdom that I have, but it is because of the Lord's mercy that I know he of himself granted a spirit to me to help me understand his word. He could have done it for any other person. It's not by any power of mine, but because of the Lord's grace. And I know very well that I'm indebted to you who are listening to me to give you what the Lord has given to me in a Christian training, in a religious experience, in the education that is above every other education to know the Lord as much as I do. I'm not saying I know everything, but the little I know, I see it as a great blessing that I must share. And woe is me if I preach not the gospel. I feel indebted to do it. And I know there are others who are less favored than myself who do not know what I know. I remember the first time I started to learn most of these things. I was fascinated. I'm like, the world is perishing. They don't know these things. Many people are going to be lost because I believe that the knowledge of the truth is one. There are no two truths. There is only one truth and it's the saving truth. And those who do not have it, those who don't know the truth, Jesus Christ, they will perish. How then can you keep silent? How then can you stay doing nothing? 
I wonder, how can you do nothing about it when you see the world perishing in sin? Should you be so self-conscious of how your words are, maybe they're not going to listen to me or be ashamed that some people are going to reject you? Are you so self-conscious that you cannot see the debt that you owe to the rest of the world by all that the Lord has given you advantage over them? That you know these truths that they don't know and you are silent? How can you be silent? You have to do something. Freely you have received, freely give. In order to share the treasures of heaven, we must be very intentional about it and place ourselves in a position to be a blessing to the world. Selfishness must die. Plans must change. Ambitions must be given up. In love for souls, we know that the gospel is what the world needs. While we may share freely our material things and temporal goods, that will not bring an end to the misery of the world and the suffering of heaven on our behalf. It is only as we become laborers together with God that we can do the best good to the world. Now, do not misunderstand me to say that everyone should go about preaching and being a minister on the pulpit. No. If you have been following our devotions, even last devotions we did in Conflict and Courage, there were lessons we learned. I remember very clearly when we were looking at the lady, the small girl who was in Naaman's house. When we studied during time looking at Elisha, we remember lessons we learned. It is not the preacher who is most valued in the eyes of God. It's not that's not the case. God has called us into various positions and stations in life, but wherever we find ourselves, you can do something to bring about a knowledge of the truth to those who are around you. The first way to do that is by your character. That's why I said we must be intentional. It's not something you do by mistake. It's an intentional thing that we do. There are tracts you can share. There are books you can give. There are Bible studies you could have with people in mere conversations, just telling them the truth and dropping it here or there while conversations are going on. Or you could even call people for organized studies and say, let us have a study together. Now, that one is very, very planned and intentional. But without those planned ones of saying, okay, let's have a Bible study, your life, your life is to be showing what you believe and show an example to those around you that you are giving to them freely of the gospel you have received by leaving out the truth. Like I said, it must be intentional. Reading from the book now, Education, page 262, paragraph 1 and downward, it says, Success in any line demands a definite aim. He who would achieve true success in life must keep steadily in view the aim worthy of his endeavor. Such an aim is set before the youth today. The heaven-appointed purpose of giving the gospel to the world in this generation is the noblest that can appeal to any human being. It opens a field of effort to everyone whose heart Christ has touched. I said and I've been saying it again, this is the noblest work that can be done. The work of opening the truth and the gospel to the rest of the world. It was in this context that Jesus told his disciples, freely you have received, freely give. Closely connected with it is the medical missionary work because after he told them preach, the next thing he told them was heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. So the right arm of the gospel, which is the medical missionary work, should also go along with the main work, the noblest work, which is what? 
giving the gospel to the world in this generation and it should be intentional that's why we read here if you must be successful you have you must have a definite aim anyone who would achieve achieve true success in any part of life you have to keep steadily in view the aim worthy of your endeavor every choice you are making you should realize how is this thing going to help me be a better um, person in giving the gospel to the world let me continue the reading it says god's purpose for his children growing up beside our hearts is wider deeper higher than our restricted vision has comprehended from the humblest lot those whom he has seen faithful have in time past been called to witness for him in the world's highest places and many a lad of today growing up as did daniel in his judean home studying god's word and his works and learning the lessons of faithful service will yet stand in legislative assemblies in halls of justice or in royal courts as a witness for the king of kings multitudes will be called to a wider ministry the whole world is opening to the to the gospel ethiopia is stretching out her hands unto god from japan and china and india from the still darkened lands of our own continent that's north america from every quarter of this world of ours comes the cry of sin-streaking hearts for a knowledge of the god of love millions upon millions have never so much as heard of god or of his love revealed in christ it is their right to receive this knowledge they have an equal claim with us in the savior's mercy and it rests with us who have received the knowledge and i'll add freely with our children to whom we impart it to answer their cry to every household and every school to every parent teacher and child upon whom has shown the light of the gospel comes at this crisis the question put to esther the queen at that momentous crisis in israel's history who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this page 264 now paragraph one and downward go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature mark 16 verses 15 that is christ's command to his followers not that all are called to be ministers or missionaries in the ordinary sense of the term but all may be workers with him in giving the glad tidings to their fellow men to all great or small learned or ignorant old or young the command is given in view of this command can we educate our sons take note the reason i'm going through all of this is about intention yes you want to freely give you want to preach the gospel but are you intentional about it in other words when you are making your choices in life do you make choices that place you in a position where you can actually give the gospel to the world this is where what i'm about to read now would be relevant it says in view of this command what command go ye into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature freely you have received freely give. In view of this command can we educate our sons and i'll say can you educate can we educate ourselves too not just our sons but ourselves can we educate our sons and daughters for a life of respectable conventionality a life of professedly christian but lacking his self-sacrifice a life on which the verdict on of him who is truth must be i know you not 
thousands are doing this. They think to secure for their children the benefits of the gospel while they deny its spirit. But this cannot be. Before I go on, let me explain what this refers to. This is just the, like it says, the life of respectable conventionality. That is what many people want for themselves and for others. What is that life like? Grow up being noble, being a good person, moral. You don't steal, you don't lie, you don't cheat. You are a respectable person in the community. Then you get an occupation, doctor, lawyer, businessman, tech person, and then that's it. That's all there is to life. And then the parents can say of their child, oh, my son, he's a professor in so-and-so school. He's a lecturer in this university. Oh, he's working in this particular company or in that firm. Oh, he is this, he is that. Uh, he is supreme and proper. He's pristine. He's very good. She is here or there. Oh, she's a nurse somewhere. Oh, she's a doctor there. And that's all there is to life. And they'll ask, is he a Christian? Oh, yeah, he's a, and she's a Christian too. That's all. They go to church and come back every Sabbath every week attending services but not doing anything whatsoever intentionally to bring a knowledge of the truth to others that is the life of conventionality that is we read here that thousands are doing this they think to secure their, for their children the benefits of the gospel that is through the gospel they, they stop their children from involving in perhaps maybe they did not bring shame upon them by getting pregnant before their time through the gospel they make them serious in school so that they pass their exams come out of the first class or two one through the influence of the gospel they get a character that helps them to stay focused in school that helps them to graduate and do very well through the gospel they get the benefits they are securing for their children the benefits of the gospel while denying its spirit what's the spirit of the gospel self-sacrifice freely you have received freely give that's what some people are using the gospel for as a tool to make their children good people that's all and then after making them good people then they serve themselves that's it i take it again thousands are doing this they think to secure for their children the benefits of the gospel while they deny spirit but this cannot be guess what it cannot be those who reject the privilege of fellowship with Christ in service reject the only training that imparts a fitness for participation with him in his glory. They reject the training that in this life gives strength and nobility of character. Many a father and mother, denying their children to the cross of Christ, have learned too late that they were thus giving them over to the enemy of God and man. They sealed their ruin, not alone for the future but for the present life. Temptation overcame them. They grew up a curse to the world, a grief and shame to those who gave them being. Even in seeking a preparation for God's service, many are turned aside by wrong methods of education. Life is too generally regarded as made up of distinct periods. The period of learning and the period of doing, of preparation and of achievement. In preparation for a life, before I go on, let me explain. This is a rebuke. This is not right. We are not supposed to look at life this way. That there's, for our children, there's a period of learning and a period of doing. No. Right from when they are young, is the time for them to 
give freely as they have received freely. They are not to wait till they are older and you say, okay, now is the time for service. Service is to start whenever possible, whenever they are young. It's not that system of, oh, let them be going to school for now for a long time. After that, then later they can now serve. That is wrong. So, continuing the reading, it says, In preparation for a life service, the youth are sent to school to acquire knowledge by the study of books. Cut off from the responsibilities of everyday life, they become absorbed in study and often lose sight of its purpose. The ardor of their early consecration dies out. What kind of consecration? Consecration to God. Too much school, school, school. How often, how long did many of us spend when we were in high school? You go to school by 7 in the morning, so that you don't miss the assembly. And when do you come back from school? Many times we come back by 4 p.m., 5 p.m. from school. All this round, what is it doing to us? It is killing the consecration. No time for anything of service to God. And the initial touch that the Holy Spirit may have had on a child to make them serve God dies off. The ardor, like we read, of their early consecration dies out. And too many take up with some personal selfish ambition upon their graduation thousands find themselves out of touch with life they have so long dealt with the abstract and theoretical that when the whole being must be roused to meet the sharp contest of life of real life they are unprepared instead of the noble work they had proposed with they had proposed their energies are engrossed in a struggle for mere subsistence after repeated disappointments that's they have applied for jobs here and there and there's none after repeated disappointments in despair even of earning an honest livelihood many drift into questionable or criminal practices the world is robbed of the service it might have received and god is robbed of the souls he longed to uplift ennoble and honor as representatives of himself Many parents err in discriminating between their children in the matter of education. They make almost any sacrifice to secure the best advantages for one that is bright and apt. But these opportunities are not taught in necessity for those who are less promising. Little education is deemed essential for the performance of life's ordinary duties. But who is capable of selecting from a family of children the ones upon whom will rest the most important responsibilities? How often human judgment has here proved to be at fault. Remember the experience of Samuel when sent to anoint from the sons of Jesse one to be king over Israel. Seven noble-looking youths passed before him. As he looked upon the first in features comely, in form well-developed, and in bearing princely, the prophet exclaimed, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But God said, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh at the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. So of all the seven the testimony was, the Lord has not chosen these. And not until David had been called from the flock was the prophet permitted to fulfill his mission. End of quote. So what we have read so far in this book, Education, tells us several things. The education of children is to be intentional and of ourselves. Educate your children to serve. Educate them not for self, to follow selfish ambition, but to serve and let it be intentional. And we have seen that the system we have around us, that people just go to school for a very long period of time 
and it then makes them useless to themselves and to society that system is not good service should start early enough and we should not deceive ourselves claiming that the education we are receiving in the worldly system we want to use it to serve god god did not send us on that errand our lord jesus did not get that kind of education before he served let us not deceive ourselves by sanctifying our worldly ambition, thinking that we will go where God did not lead us and saying we want to do the best good to the world in that manner. Our own iniquity will find us out. Some of us are looking for a life of ease and that is the reason why we are chasing after the things of the world. Like it said there, a life of conventionality. Now we saw there that it does not even work. Many parents who want to get the benefits of the gospel for their children and even us when we want to get the benefits of gospel for ourselves and yet deny the spirit of service, you'll find out that you will not be able to do it. Temptations will overtake you. You will not live out the life that you claimed you wanted to live. And like I said, ambition, we shouldn't use our ambition and claim that we want to use unsanctified ambition to serve God. Our own iniquity, I said, will find us out. Some of us are looking for a life of ease and that's the reason we are chasing after the things of the world. We do not freely give of our temporal goods for the advancement of the gospel. While the poor may give almost all they have, making huge sacrifices, there are many who will only give freely of their time, mind, resources, energy and skills to God's work only when they see that they still have something to spare for their own indulgence and pleasure. I want to take a reading now for us to understand with respect to what I'm saying about using our selfish ambition, trying to use it to deceive ourselves I want to serve God with it. Reading from Youth Instructor, March 23, 1893, paragraph 2 and 3, it says, There are many youth who walk in darkness and have no light. The reason for this is that they do not trust in the Lord and stay upon their God. They do their own pleasure and walk in their own wisdom. To fashion their lives after the simplicity of the pattern Christ Jesus seems a hard thing to them. And while they do not want to be ranked with unbelievers and with the unrighteous, still they find no comfort in their half-hearted divided service. Many are in self-deception and enter into plans with which the Lord has nothing to do. But the only safe course to be pursued is to obey the word of the Lord. Instead of doing this, many propose to do wonderful things. They find it easier to plan some great thing for the future than to empty themselves of self, surrender to God, heart, mind and will, and submit to be molded by that power that can create and destroy. Let the youth critically examine their motives by prayer and searching of the scriptures, and see if their own will and inclinations do not lead away from God's requirements. Many say, we will do this or that. I can do a good work in this way or that way. But will you prayerfully consider as to whether you are following the light of the world or walking in the sparks of your own kindling? It is a perilous thing to walk in the sparks of your own kindling. For the word of God declares of those who do this that they shall lie down in sorrow. In following your own way, you will be disappointed. You will have no comfort, you will gain nothing yourself, and will have robbed God of the service due to Him, because you insisted in trying your own way, saying, I will walk for God in this way. When God had marked out another course, your plans seem very plausible, but if they are not wrought in God, they will come to naught. 
the Lord would have his servants work out his plan, for then he can work with them. God requires obedience. To obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. God will not tolerate stubbornness and rebellion, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. End of quote. So what is this addressing? It is addressing that thin line, that line that is open to every one of us to go and do whatever we like. You can choose whatever occupation you want and it's not a sin. You can choose to be whatever you want and it's not a sin. But do not think that God doesn't have a plan. You may choose to follow whatever plan you have cut out for yourself while neglecting to be to do service because this devotion about freely receiving and freely giving is a call to service that's what it is a call to serve in one capacity or the other i remember we read somewhere here today in education page 264 reading from paragraph uh, one and downward it said here it said that this does not mean that god is calling everybody to missionary work but we can do something wherever we are says not that all are called to be ministers or missionaries in the ordinary sense of the term but all may be workers with him in giving the glad tidings to their fellow men so when we know that there's a work to be done we need to ask god where he wants us to be don't choose for yourself saying this is how i want to serve god because many of us will always choose the high and lofty for ourselves we will say okay i want to serve god as a minister in the u.s i want to serve god as a senator i want to serve god as a man as a house of reps member of course why wouldn't you want to serve god there when you know very well that there are so many bounties that come in such a place that is why we should not allow our selfishness to be sanctified. We should not sanctify our selfish ambition. Let God choose for you the way he wants you to serve him. Do not go in the spark of your own kindling to choose for yourself the way you want to serve God. Freely we have received. And how do you do this? You may be confused. Pray. Let God direct you. Check the providence. Sometimes calls come and they say there is an evangelism somewhere. Young, young lady, young man who is listening. You hear that there is a call to ministry somewhere. A missionary service. You are free. You still have an opportunity to maybe go and learn one other thing that you think is a skill that will give you money or something. Have you ever taken time in your life to go for evangelism? Have you ever? But now... You have been in school since you were born. You've been learning, learning, learning. How much time have you ever dedicated one month, one year, I would say. God deserves it. One year to mission. Have you ever dedicated, let me make it small, even just two weeks. Just two weeks. That now there's a call for mission work. And there's a call to learn one skill or the other. And you cannot make the sacrifice just to go, to give freely for two weeks. And you say to yourself, but I'm going to serve God there too. The skill I'm going to learn, I also want to use it to serve God. Oh, spare me. You have been learning all your life. How often have you shared the gospel with anybody? It's now that you know that you can use that skill, so-called one-worldly skill, to serve the Lord. We should be intentional about it. That does not mean everybody is going to be a missionary. But when there is a call, be times, one time or the other, answer the call to give the gospel to others. Plan your life in such a way that you will have the freedom to plan your time to give service to God. 
Nevertheless, there will always be people in different stations of of life. But satisfy yourself in your heart that you did not choose for yourself because of your selfishness. Because you saw that there's so much money to get in this area, on that area, that's why you are there. Satisfy yourself knowing that that is not your reason, that you did not let the money to move you. Satisfy yourself knowing that God placed you where you are. You can have sanctified ambition to even make money to do things for the work of God. But the greater service is in wherever you are, ensure that you are living out the gospel. That is where you get it wrong now. If you are in a place saying you want to serve God there, and you got there by hook and by crook, and while you are there, you are maintaining yourself by hook and by crook, and you are saying that you are serving God in that place, you are deceiving yourself. If you have to disobey God to get to a place where you claim that you want to serve God there, if you have to disobey God while you are there to saying that you want to remain there so that you can continue to be a light to them, what light are you when you are not living out the gospel in that place? You are only deceiving yourself. Like we are learning today, freely we have received and we are to give freely all that the Lord has blessed us with. It's a pleasure and honor to be an instrument by which many freely receive the gospel of truth and many other temporal blessings. There are many sick and diseased among us. As we have freely received the knowledge of health, let us not hesitate to give them freely. Also, there are many who have received freely of the bounties of this earth in the temporal things, money, position, influence, material things. God has placed you there. I'm not that God has placed you in that position. Freely give, especially give for the gospel. Look upon those around you who are in need, especially those of the household of faith. Freely give to them. The word of God has pronounced a blessing in that same Matthew chapter 10 where he told them, freely you have received, freely give. God pronounced a blessing to those who will give of their substance because it's not everyone who is a preacher. So I'm not calling for everyone to be a preacher, but live out the gospel. At least everyone can live out the gospel. God said in Matthew 10 verse 40 to 42, Whosoever receiveth you, receiveth me. He that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And that is that is saying if you sustain the prophet, you are part of those who will receive the same gift of the prophet. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple. Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Amen. What is the motivation here? You are just giving. Why? Because this is a disciple. You are sponsoring. Why? It's a prophet. That is one who is teaching. We've already learned that prophesying means to teach the word of God. God says for those who are in that station to give, if you are in that position and you give, you will receive the same reward that that prophet receives. Freely gives. Count those who labor in word and drug doctrine rightly dividing the word of truth to be of double honor that's what the bible says minister to their wants give of your best not your worst to the master give him the strength of your youth join in the battle for truth jesus has set the example the song says dauntless was he young and brave give him your loyal devotion give him the best that you have because he gave all to us he is therefore worthy of all May God touch our hearts with these words. Amen. Let us pray. Thank you, dear Father, for the words we have heard. 
Indeed, you have blessed us freely with all the bounties of heaven. And for all of us who have a knowledge of the truth and of the gospel, for all advantages that you have given to us more than others, I pray that everyone who is listening will feel the depth that we owe to those who do not have the advantages that we have, whether it is in finance, but especially in the knowledge of the gospel that we have received, in the nobility of character, in the Christian training. Help us, Lord, to be burdened in our hearts, to feel that we cannot rest secure until we have given. Help us, Lord, to say like Paul, Woe is me if I do not do something at least to preach the gospel. Help us also, Lord, to understand what station you have placed us in life, wherever we are, what area you want us to serve. Open our minds to understand this, whether as people who are preaching or who are medical missionaries, who are publishers, writers, or people who are just in the temporal works of life, living out the gospel wherever we find ourselves. Lord, bless your children wherever they are, those who are working in the secular businesses as businessmen, those who are doctors, nurses, lawyers, those who are skilled laborers, whether it is in hard skills or soft skills, wherever they are, Lord, I pray you bless them and help them to give freely, to live out the gospel and the truth where they are, that they may be a light, a city that is set on a hill, a candle that is dropped on top of a table, that people may see the light where they are. And for those who are preaching the gospel, give utterance to them, that they may freely give the gospel of truth, that the world will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. This message was brought to you by the angel with a strong voice, a ministry dedicated to preparing people to stand true to God and be ready for His imminent return. For more information and free online resources, please visit www.tawas.org. That is www.tawasv.org or contact info at stars.org.